Hello, good evening, and welcome to the latest episode of The Game is About Glory. I'm your host, THFC Steph, and tonight we will look back on what happened at Goodison Park last Friday between our beloved and currently beleaguered Tottenham Hotspur and Everton. Was it a Friday night special, or was it good that we had the weekend to process the story? Well, you know, I, look, I'll just answer it right now by saying neither was applicable, as it was a 2-2 draw at Goodison, and uh, that's what we'll be discussing, amongst many things. And there is a breaking story this weekend which uh, threatens to derail our pod structure entirely. It is the breaking story about the proposed European Super League. As we sit recording right now, there is rumour of an announcement in 25 minutes. So who knows where that's going to land us, but if you stick with us for the next hour, you're going to find out and it will be fun. We are also going to take a look at next week's fixtures, Southampton at home and uh, some small game at Wembley against, uh, I don't know, some middling side from Manchester. Uh, at our former temporary home of Wembley. That's going to happen next Sunday. And by the way, that's going to see 8,000 live human beings in the stand to witness the carnage. The action, the action, to witness the action. Sorry. (laughs) Before we get started, we've got a small favour to ask. Uh, We rely on word of mouth to pick up new listeners. So if you like our pod, please help us by talking about it on social media or wherever else that you hang out online and leaving nice reviews. Uh, and we'd like to say a big thank you to Bedford Spurs for leaving us a storming review on Apple Podcasts. Cheers, mate. Really appreciate it. And uh, you should all pay attention to what he wrote, because it's the truth. <laughs> Before we meet tonight's team of Milo, Ram and Ricky, I did want to say that on Thursday, just past, Alexander Lacazette of Arsenal fame made what we consider to be a vital and really powerful statement against racism, along with his teammates, it must be said. Um, he took a knee against Slavia Prague, and uh, it was just, it was, it was a really, really powerful moment to witness, and precisely the sort of moment that I think all football clubs should be looking to, to, to really get into and to ramp up at this point where, sadly, racism seems to be hitting a peak. So well done to Alexander Lacazette. And I think we would all agree with that, wouldn't we, boys? Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Which, uh, of course, means that you've now all sort of met Milo, Ram and Ricky because (laughs) I asked them if they agreed and they said they did. So you've heard them. Let's just get into this, you know, little question we like to throw out. Although a secret, you know, there's a secret we have to share with you all. And that is that is that these questions, these little, you know, nice questions about what's in your pockets and so on. You know, Milo, it should be noted, had a subscription to Smash Hits as a young man for for, for many years and was such a fanatic of the magazine that he's been unable to let go of his trove of pop music reading. So it is from his Smash Hits archive that these questions come. And I have to say, this, this week's has hatched just what I can only think of as I'm not sure, Milo, if this is actually in the question of Smash Hits or if this is one of your wonderful uses of the English language, because there is a word here which I just looked at. I was like, this is wonderful. This makes me want to put wear a cravat and put my pinky finger out with teeth. And I'm going to throw it at you, Ricky. <laughs> okay? Go for it. What living creature would give you the biggest collywobbles? I just want to say again, collywobbles, what a word. Were you to find it crawling around at the bottom of your bed? Oh, it's, it's got to be snakes, Steph. Honestly, honestly, they're just, just thinking about that. To wake up and to think like something like that's at the bottom of my bed. I'm not having that, honestly. And, I, and that's not why I don't like Jose, but, you know, because he could be a snake, okay. but who knows. <laughs> but, yeah, it's snakes for me, Steph. Uh, yeah, it is. And, and, Ram, I really want you to focus on the collywobble bit 
And if you can, what would a collywobble sound like if you found this creature at the end of your bed? What would a collywobble sound like? I feel <laughs> from like... you if you found this thing crawling around at the end of your bed. I feel like would it, it be would... like a whoa, or would it be like a oh? Like what's a collywobble in Ram World? Instantly, my my head went to Richard Nixon uh, during the Watergate scandal. You know, with the. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant you didn't want Richard Nixon crawling around at the end of your bed. I mean, I don't think that would be quite nice either. But yeah, just more of a very much within the cheeks. The <laughs> okay, and and so what would what would create that? I think for me it would be, and this isn't because I'm not a fan of them. I adore spiders, but. I've, I used to read up on them all the time when I was a kid, so I know exactly the type of things that spiders can do <laughs> when they're under the covers at the end of your bed and you don't know they're there, and I might kick out. And certain types of spiders, they're you know, being bitten by one is probably very, very unpleasant. So I'm going to go for... I'll, I'll give you a specific spider, uh, Australian funnel web spider, because they're oh, the ones yes, that rear that, up actually. and like... Yeah, really dig in and they, they bite multiple times as well. They don't, they're not just a yeah. wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and off I go. They really, they yeah. really give it to you. They're the ones that look at your foot as it's kicking and say, fuck you. Literally, I'm not fuck standing you. down. They like fucking, they wear their string vest and get their fists up for two of their eight legs. I agree. That's a good one. That's a good one. And of course, now I have to ask the, uh, the originator of this of this wonderful probably my favorite it's my favorite question that we've asked of this nature <laughs> and i want to hear you a collie wobble <laughs> um well, this is a smash hits question so this isn't one of my own and not all of the questions we've had are smash hits questions it's just that i found a treasure trove of them and i thought i'll have those so it was it was laziness on my part just stealing someone else's work because it was very similar to what I was coming up with, and I, I and I hadn't realised that when we started this segment of the sh- of the show I hadn't realised that I was just nicking something from Smash Hits, and then I realised I was so I did. Uh, what would my sma- what would my collie my late night collie wobble sound like? It would probably be. Ah! <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I'd um, ask you to repeat that, but that's just blown the levels out of my headphones, actually. <laughs> what would get that reaction? I think the scariest thing I can think of finding at the bottom of my bed in the middle of the night is Moby. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you see, you've gone human, haven't you? And you see, because I was, I was going to go that route as well and say, if I found Jose at the end of my bed, I'd be like, ah! <laughs> I was going to say the same. But I, I, yeah, I, I, so, but is there, a, is there any bug? I mean, I have to say, I'm, I'm with Ram. I love. I mean, I'm an, I love animals and I have particular fascination with insects, but I think if I saw a cockroach, you know, a couple of cockroaches at the end of the bed, I'd probably be like, you know, something like that. Is there any, is there any, uh, is there any, is there any, uh, is there any insect that might do that to you or any animal creature? I, I think probably it'd be something that, um, it would probably be something that I, you first, so if it's late at night, it's dark. I, I, what I'm thinking is that I kind of reach out a foot and touch something, and it's kind of wet and cold and horrible, and that creates a reaction. Sorry, I'm so sorry. He's maybe. not here. To, he's not here to defend himself. It's almost cruel, but it's it's somewhat it's somewhat amusing. Yeah. I mean, we can't. I, th- oh, I, th- I think I think I think after this is over, we don't say anything about this until he listens to it. <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's 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 bring this let's bring this cheer let's bring this cheer to the game, shall we? And our look back at the two-two draw, at Goodison Park, and you know, sort of keeping a little bit of a light uh, spirit about us as we enter into the discussion about what happened. I'm going to start. I'm going to start with. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Rem. His opening question: If you were to describe how this two-two draw at Goodison Park left you feeling, using a Beatles song, and I say this because, of course, the game took place on Merseyside, the home of the Beatles. What would that song be? I'm going to go with Obla D Obla Da because for me it's got to that point in this season where you know the it was it was just it was an, another kind of well just another display where we didn't turn up uh, we relied on one player again Harry Kane to kind of save us from this but life goes on you know obladi obladar at some point maybe in a couple of years you know we'll be in a different place we'll have we'll we'll, we'll have merriment back at at mega lane but for now life has to just go on i i, I think Paul McCartney is the only Beatle that plays on Obli Obladar. I think all of the rest refused. So I think you saying that Harry Kane is the only person <laughs> yes. who played is quite apt with that sort of, with that song choice. Oh, wonderful. Very good. Good synergy. Synergy. We like this. We like this. Ricky, you know what the question is? As well, I have to say it again. How did this game leave you feeling uh, using a Beatles song? Well, my Beatles song would be You've Got to Hide Your Love Away, basically. Mm. Um, why? Well, I think, you know, there's a, th- there's a third person that's come into the relationship that I have with Tottenham Hotspur. And until that third person, that third person is removed or disappears, it feels like that's what I'm doing. I'm hiding my love away for Tottenham Hotspur. I'm going to actually, uh, take up the challenge here and i'm going to leave milo with the final word uh on on this and i'm going to take it up and i'm going to tell you there were two songs that leapt to mind as you can obviously tell i never just have one answer i mean nowhere man was the obvious one but i thought that's too obvious and so i ended up i ended up with the fool on the hill <laughs> uh, and i've got to tell you i've got to read you the lyrics it, the lyrics are just fantastic day after day alone on a hill the man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still but nobody wants to know him. They can see that he's just a fool and he never gives an answer. But the fool on the hill sees the sun going down and the eyes in his head see the world spinning round. The man of a thousand voices talking, talking perfectly loud, but nobody ever hears him. Wow. I don't want to tell you who that's aimed at, <laughs> but I think that the detectives who listen to us can figure it out. And my word, it just <laughs> captured everything. It was so applicable. And we exchanged in the messages a comment about how utterly isolated and devoid of anything he looked, more than ever to me, actually. Um, he just looked like mm. uh, the fool on the hill. He looked like he was waiting. He's just waiting. Like us all, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 like us all so milo I, so I, I i'm intrigued to hear what your what your choice <laughs> well, is I, I think i might do a few a few now actually as, we, as, as i've got the <laughs> privilege of going last so when i saw the lineup and we'd gone to three at the back i thought he was fixing a hole <laughs> yeah yeah that was in my range yeah i get i get that yes yeah brilliant yeah as the first half was going on uh i'm only sleeping <laughs> very good yes um i'm <laughs> Uh, you know, my pre-match optimism, uh, I should have known better. Yes, yes, very um, good. Yeah. I'm, I, am, I am quite optimistic about the summer, so I do think we can work it out. But the one I was really going to say, actually, was talking about us and kind of 
our pod and how I feel about Spurs at the moment is with a little help from my friends. Mm. So we kind of got together in December and did loads of practice pods for a month or so before we we kind of released them into the world. And so at the point when we got together, we were top of the league. And what, what Are you flaming what, us? What we've documented over the last few months is a kind of slow descent. It's our fault. <laughs> it's our and, fault. Oh, my and, God. And, and the only thing that's kept me going through all of this is you lot, because it's actually been, you know, this is actually kind of the highlight of my Spurs week, is kind of having a chat with you and and kind of everything around this. No, so, great. I the, agree. you know, the kind of the, our ability to... Have a smile and a laugh, even though everything has turned to shit over those few months, five months. Uh, um, so, yeah, I'll get by with a little help from my friends. All you need I is like laugh. that. All you need <laughs> and if I can once again reference the man I was referencing before, just to throw a final one in there. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> so that being said, all right, let's get into some, uh, some tic-tac talk here, if we will. You know, he went for a back three. I'm not quite sure why. I'm not quite sure because the back three will have no relevance to what happens in the Carabao Cup final, given that Joe Rodon is suspended. I'm not sorry. He's not suspended for that. He's cup-tied. Apologies. My inaccuracy. Ram, what did you think of this, a back three? Did it work? As far as I remember, the last time we played a back three in the league was um, against Brighton away, and that was to mirror their formation. And that didn't end well. We ended up losing 2-0. So instantly, I, I was... You know, I was kind of feeling a bit deflated about that. As in terms of the game itself, I think initially we started off quite brightly, and I thought I thought that the three did okay. You know, and and I'd rather have, to be honest, I'd rather have Toby on the pitch than not on the pitch. But ultimately, I think like the, these kind of errors that happen in the back and the and the, and the communication within uh, within that back five or those back three players, it just didn't work out because they're not used to it. They're not used to playing in this formation. So for me. I don't think it worked. I don't think it will ever work unless we do it on a consistent basis. It's also well documented that Jose is probably the most reactive manager in the sense of the team he's playing. Lots of other teams play their systems and they say, well, yeah, that's what we do. We're just going to carry on with that. And I mean, that's why loads of these changes come about because he's tactically, and maybe this is what the complexity is of the week's training is, is because rather than just learning your song all the time, you're learning what you're meant to be doing against the other teams all the time. And that's, and I think Tuchel said at Chelsea when he came, he said it's like learning a song and these players just need to learn it. And of course, if you're reacting to the other team and making adjustments every week, then that's um, well, that's, that's a lot to learn. Admittedly, further down the season, you should start seeing some repeated patterns where you think, oh yeah, we know how to deal with this, we know how to whatever. But I just, I think it's probably a lot to take on board. And of course, during the season, we were mainly playing two games a week. So it was hard to, you know, hard to do that beyond the kind of video, beyond your chalkboard, beyond those kind of things. It's a brilliant analogy and I'm going to throw it at Milo. I think uh, your analogy there, Rick, is great because Milo, do you think that maybe the problem Jose Mourinho has had is that in trying to teach these players a new song, he's teaching them a new song effectively every two or three weeks with this tinkering and chopping and changing, whereas he'd be better off teaching them the original song that we write, that we know, that we can play in a big venue, a small venue, any venue. And just to focus on that song and getting that song right. I mean, obviously, with the caveat that you do pay attention and have respect of your opponent and, you know, I see the dangers, but you don't necessarily always try and flex yourself to take on what they do. I do wonder how much this was a dress rehearsal for the cup final. I know Radon can't play, but in terms of formation, I wonder whether that was the idea. You know, taking out 
Mora and La Celso and replacing them with uh, Sissoko and Alderweireld is not going to make you a better team. And it's an odd choice against a side like Everton, who, you know, are decent enough. But you could understand that if you tried it against, um, you know, Man City or, 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 you know, even Man United the week before, it probably would have made more sense. But against Everton, it seems like an odd choice. I have to hammer the question, though, again, Milo, as complicated as it might have been on the fly, I think I'll pot boil it down to being very simple. I watched this game and I thought these players looked either disengaged or bemused they were trying I saw effort I did see effort I thought they were you know in some cases they were trying but they did look so discombobulated and so mentally not on the page either with each other or themselves and again I go back to it is it because Jose teaches them a new song every two or three weeks and would they be better off if they had just started and carried on learning look even if it was that shitty song we were playing earlier in the season where you know you sit as deep as you can you stack it with as many boring players as you can and you just you know ping the ball and play you know kickball basically to your top strikers would we have been better sticking with that no because we got found out didn't we so it was effective whilst no one sussed it um yeah Steph I do think that's had an effect I think chopping and changing every week is very difficult um you can't yeah, especially with a a coach like Mourinho, you know, again, famously doesn't coach his forwards. So a lot of that is about relationships. And if you're chopping, changing the personnel each week, you don't have a chance to build those relationships. So you're making it hard for yourself. He, he doesn't know what his best set of defenders are. You know, that's pretty obvious. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I've spoken about this before. I think he had the same problem at Manchester United. So, the, uh, you know, late era Jose Mourinho. I think this is um, just, you know, something that he struggles with now and yeah. uh, in terms of the players i i think they know that this is a shit show and it's over soon and i think they're playing you know i think you know maybe said it well last week you know they're, they're clocking in clocking out going home you know ricky you were yeah i was just gonna say i think it's hard for the defenders because i know it's, jose is looking for you know a kind of combination of that but it's almost like he's got a carousel of defenders and yeah, you know, sometimes you're like Jose's first choice Louis Vuitton suitcase, and then you're like the unfriended, unparented, lonely, solitary piece of luggage that gets left on the carousel at the airport or all on its own, just wondering like, you know, is my life over? Is my career over? And, you know, and then sometimes he returns to the airport and collects it, doesn't he? You know what I mean? <laughs> he thinks, oh, I need you back now kind of thing. God, I wonder, it makes you makes you wonder if he was a piece of luggage, what would his brand be? Yeah, yeah, it certainly <laughs> does. But... <laughs> Be a millet. He'd be a millet's brand bag at this point, wouldn't he? <laughs> I'm sure he's got a sponsorship deal with one of them somewhere. He's um, bound yeah. to be yeah. brand ambassador or something for. Yeah, but I mean, usually I usually try and watch the games now, depending on what provider that is. I'm watching it with without the fan noise. And in this game, it was it was like a training match really at the start of the season, like a preseason friendly. There was some huff and puff. There was no real game pattern, but that was on both sides, and like none, none of that was emerging, and almost like. Both teams were just getting to know each other, not just not just as opponents, but each other as teammates as well, kind of. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think you know one thing with uh, Everton, like that they are regarded as the Spurs of the North in the way, in 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 that they, you know, they've, they're perennial underachievers, are historically a very big club, their neighbours, you know, just been a lot more successful than it, than them, and I think where Jose actually did want that uh, something in his press conference, which is when he says something where. Annoyingly, he's right, but it's really annoying in that he said we're similar to Everton in that way. We're on a similar path to them. And a couple of seasons ago, that would not be the case. We were up there with the Liverpools, the Man Cities, you know, we were in Champions League. But we are similar to Everton. And I would say, you know, arguably they're in a much better position than us to finish higher up in the league. 
because of their games in hand. But, you know, th- this this was two teams that should have been really fighting for these points, really going for the win, because it's so crucial. We're both, you know, by the skins of our teeth, we're, we're, we're both still in with the shout for top four. But by the end, you know, by the end of the game, even, it was just like, it was like they were uh, they were both happy. It was like a World Cup uh, group game where they, they, each team only needed the draw. And they were just playing it out. Yeah, I mean, you you make it you make it, uh, off the you know the fact that Everton and us are very similar. Ram, you make a, a you, you segue into the next question I want to ask, uh, which is: take both squads. If Ancelotti had been the manager of Tottenham Hotspur on Friday, and Jose Mourinho had been the manager of Everton on Friday, do you think we would have seen the same result? Given the that that each manager would be working with different players, anyone want to come in on that? Yeah, I think so. No, I don't think we'd have seen anything different. I think, to be honest, I mean, I like Ancelotti, um, but I think they're both on similar pathways, him and Jose. Yeah, I agree. I think Everton have um, have been pretty negative this season as well. So Ancelotti wouldn't have upset quite so many players in our squad probably, so he'd probably have more to pick from. But um, yeah, he's been pretty negative there as well. So I'm I'm not sure in terms of performance it would make a huge difference. Having said that, Milo, but what you just said there in terms of like, um, Ancelotti may not have alienated so many players mm. that could actually you know a, a lot of what's going on with us I feel is that because of the way Mourinho manages our players there has been dis- you know the dysfunction which has mm-hmm. spilled out onto the pitch which may not have happened under Ancelotti and I, th- I do feel we have better players than them um, so perhaps we, we would be in a different position we might be higher up the league yeah that's true Ram because I did I was going to say I did look at their subs bench and if you look at their sub bench compared to ours we do look like we've got much better squad than they have so you might have a point there Ram maybe even Ancelotti just being nice might like make us better they, they had loads of players out for this game though you know we, we, we were quite lucky and when we faced them, um, they, they were missing a lot of first teamers. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think when you think about when you think about the Newcastle game, they missed Maximum and Cal, uh, Callum Wilson, and of course Dominic Calvin Lewin couldn't play in this game as well. So we're getting plenty of help in that sense sometimes in games. You know, with uh, opponents, you know, their key players being out, but we're not we're not taking advantage. Well, it's the same old story, though, isn't it? It doesn't matter what help we get from the rest of the Premier League. And my word, as you pointed out, we've had plenty both in our games and with results happening around us or not happening. We are our own worst enemies. And of course, you know, that will continue to be uh, a theme that we probably touch on through the week. But uh, I want to go to something else. uh, Sorry, through the weeks, I should say. I want to go to something else here uh, that popped up another you know one of these I think it was a social media storm myself but I was interested to see what you chaps thought uh the final whistle uh you know with great gusto this image of Hugo and Serge laughing along with Everton's Dinya was being sent around you know is this a storm in a teacup I mean I, I, what's your take to me it's a storm in a teacup yes yeah it is there's there's a load of angry Spurs fans out there at the moment that get upset about everything and yes. you know any club statement anything from the the um uh, the club put out there's a load of angry people on Twitter shouting abuse back at them it's I mean I think it's pretty puerile it it doesn't it's pointless it's shouting into the void isn't it uh, but I think yeah, this is the I, same I mean I don't mind the fact that players are friends off the pitch in fact it would be dance like worse if they weren't and you know the game's over um so you know they were having a chat about something I think there was a bit of uh, I think at one point, Dina had told Oreo to shut up, hadn't he? He'd pointed mm. at uh, the armband and then told him to zip it. I think they were, I think it was just a bit of, you know, they were having a chat about something that happened during the game. Oreo was butting in. He'd been put in his place and then they had a bit of a laugh about it afterwards. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're international teammates, you know, and, 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 and that, and that really is it for me. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. When I saw it 
at that very moment, there was a pang of what the hell do you guys think you're doing? We've just drawn to all this, such a big game. But then I actually very quickly corrected myself and thought that this is just, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm reaching for things to be annoyed about now, um, which I feel a lot of our fans do as well, you know, in that way. It's almost for us, for me, it's a form of sadomasochism. Almost. I, I've spent half of this week <laughs> shouting at paint. So, you know. <laughs> Another another storm in a teacup, right? My <laughs> word. I mean... It's pathetic. Oh, my word. I mean... If, but that, it was, that was exactly really, the same. Yeah, Steph, that was exactly the same. Yeah. The club make an announcement. A load of people make abuse at them saying, sign some fucking players. Why, 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 why is, you know, Enikau and all the rest of right. it? And then, you know, you've got some poor kid who's in his first job after leaving university manning the dulux twitter account who, who, who normally who normally has to answer questions about why they haven't got ivory white in i don't know bexhill being q or whatever it is it's confronted by a load of angry spurs fans and he tries to join, join in with a bit of banter and gets it wrong you know it's just of course oh, right. of course He's special right. top marks <laughs> Top, yeah, got it right, exactly. And top marks to our social media team, I have to say, their response was just, but their two responses were magnificent, really well handled. Uh, I have to say, that's been one of the highlights of the season, actually, is our social media team's pretty much on it. They're pretty, they're pretty witty and they're pretty, and they're pretty good. So, uh, should we put them in as caretaker managers until the end of the season? It couldn't be any worse, could it? Yeah, shouldn't we? Wouldn't that be great? At least we'd be having a laugh. Look, we're having a laugh about them, right? We're having, and, and not about them, but with them and with their fine work. Oh, I like that. I like that call. Very good. Okay, back to the back to the, the the Friday night not fight. Who out of Everton's team would get into our side based on what you saw on Friday? In terms of who was available, and are we talking about starting lineup or squad? I think we've got to just talk about who was on the pitch. And obviously, at this point, it seems like we're stretching to think of anyone we'd want. Although Lucas Digne, we agree on, right? Digne's a good player. Yeah, he's a left back though, isn't he? So I, I think currently he's better than. Um, than Reggie, but Reggie's got a higher ceiling, hasn't he? So yeah, you, you, t- you take him as an upgrade on Ben Davis, but that's not really the question you're asking. I think Ricarlison <laughs> is probably, I think Ricarlison is probably an upgrade on Mora, isn't he? I th- yeah, depending, I suppose, where he's going to play if he's going to take his place. I mean, Richarlison, I think, is a player that would eventually really get on my wickets on him. He's got a bad kind of, dare I say, body language about him, and he's a bit surly. He's a bit, I don't know. He's just something about him. I don't like. But he's a bastard to play against, isn't he? Yeah, he's effective. Give him that. Give him that. I think Godfrey's good. I like Godfrey. I think he could be, he could turn out. I mean, he's young, so you know he could turn out. Not Siggy. I, I I maintained that it was still right to let him go. I've always maintained that. I just don't think he was ever going to work for us. Although, what a wonderful goal he did finish that beautifully. It has to be said. But the player I always look at and think, wow, I got you wrong is Michael Keane. I always thought Michael Keane was going to be a brilliant central defender. Like, really, he just had all the tools and it just hasn't quite clicked. And I'm not just saying that because he had two assists for Harry Kane. Just never really clicked, did it? Mm. And that's a player, that's a judgment I got wrong because I have to say I was furious when we didn't sign him when he was up up on the block. The player who didn't play on Friday, but I really like and we were linked with when Poch was with us is Gomez. I don't think he'd start for us, but he's a player I like a lot. Yeah, no, I, I I liked him as well. I, I was I was actually going to mention Gomez as well as you, Milo. But I just, Steph, what did you think of Tom Davies's hair? Have you just been reading my mind? This is incredible. Can I tell you something? I've sat here thinking, shall I tell the boys that I actually used to shout Page Boy every time I saw him <laughs> and think of one of those little Tudor like Tudor Page Boys, like with his little pillow and like a you know a, a, a key or a snack on it or whatever they carry to the king. I, I just the. I, 
Page Boy. Actually, he's also a fairly annoying player. He yeah, he's niggly. He's niggly, isn't he? he I, is, I, see, he I, is. so on his hair, I think he's got split ends. So I'm a little bit worried about <laughs> it because uh, he went off, didn't he? And it looks they had a close up of him, and it's all over the place. It, lockdown's obviously <laughs> taking its toll, and you know he need he needs deep conditioning. Oh, I think Ancelotti <laughs> needs to get a little more hair product into his game to actually make him flow better and uh, make it better for the viewer, actually as well. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's, it's surprising. He's a budget. Uh, Robbie Savage, isn't he? Yeah. Robbie Savage, yeah. <laughs> wow, what a gr- what what a great way of looking at it—a budget Robbie Savage in all manner of ways. Because Savage, of course, had horrible hair and was a horrible player. And yeah, he's <laughs> and was bar- was bargain bin himself. So <laughs> by his own admission, <laughs> God dear, crikey, we are <laughs> Harry Kane, Harry Kane, Harry Kane, Harry Kane. You could, I mean, we could take up a whole pod every week talking about Harry Kane. As ever, he was the centrepiece of anything that was good for us on Friday. He also, unfortunately, was a slight focal point for a week's worth of, you know, worry and hand-wringing and willy-won'ty and so on. So I'm going to say it again. Harry Kane, three, two, one, go. My other choice of Beatles song, if it wasn't Obla Di Obla Da, was going to be Working Class Hero. And just be in honour of Harry Kane, because, you know, he is one of our own. He is an absolute hero. What? Where would we be without him? What would we be without him? It's scary Help. to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I mean, if I was him... I would be if if he left if he said I'm I'm guys I'm off I'm off at the end of the season I'd be like of course you are why wouldn't you you know you you are literally the best striker in the world at the moment you're one of the best players on the planet you could join any team you wanted to and be and and, and be the best player at the club you know and 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 absolutely tear it up in any league win whatever trophy he wanted to why wouldn't he leave but there's something in me that says that he's probably I don't think he's going to leave and I almost like I feel sorry for him you know when I watch us play and I'm watching him in that team I feel sorry for him but I just think he's not going to leave but I I will just regale in his performance again and the goals that he scored two world-class finishes you know from nothing um one was a bit Mm. opportunistic for him but that one way he like he flicked it up and then hit it on the volley you know he he was there it's 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 not a coincidence he's in those positions to score mm. those goals. He knows where that ball is going and he knows to be there. And that's, that, you know, that's instinctual and that's just that's just a measure of the player he is. I could kind of wax lyrical as much about him, but I just, at, at this point of time, I feel sorry for him. I, I've got a bit of a question for you all of you. Um, so, yeah, there, there were two classic strikers goals and we haven't seen quite so much of that this season because he's been dropping deep and obviously he's got loads of goals. But do you think our next manager will play him in the same way that Mourinho's playing? Or do you think they'll tell him just to get in the box and do what you're great at? And be a striker. I see to you, Ricky, you go first, because I've got an answer. I mean, I was going to say, it depends on the supporting cast and depends on our kind of system. But I know what you mean, because going back to my thoughts on it, I mean, the biggest compliment I could I could give Harry Kane is, do you know when like, do you know when clubs kind of send out those kind of training videos when it shows all the boys in training, not just our club, but every club? And you always see someone or like someone think, oh, he looks a real shit hot finish. Look how good he is. I mean, the biggest compliment I'd give Kane is he carries that for real into game. It's not just like, he don't just do it in the dress rehearsals. He finishes like 
he finishes like the zero pressure there is in training. And not many forwards can do that at all. And th- there were two classic finishes just like that. I know he was helped out by the old calamity twins of Everton centre's half. They, but when it fell to him, it was just like nonchalant. It's just, I just, I can do this like a robot. I can just bury it in the corner. It's like, it's as though it's the easiest thing in the world to him. And, you know, he does. And I suppose his practice has made it like that. He's always said that I've practiced, practiced, practiced. And it just shows through completely. I think with a player like Kane, he's so central to what we do. And he's so good so many things at this point that the challenge for the next manager is to create a situation where he doesn't feel he needs to drop back so much to make yeah. things happen you know and this is where I think the treatment of Deli Ali, regardless of Delhi's role in it or not role whatever you know the treatment of players like Deli Ali, who if nothing else help Harry Kane be a better Kane I'm putting the handbrake uh, on Steph I'm putting the handbrake on <laughs> uh, yeah. but you know that, yeah, yeah, but seriously, I think if you, the next manager, will hopefully look at you know the players around and really just make it, make it, a, create a pattern of play and a situation which challenges Harry to stay further forward because he doesn't have to do that. But having said that, you wouldn't really, if Harry Kane is dropping back and creating for you, you're not going to tell him no. I agree with that, but I think if we're playing on the front foot, which is what we're not doing yes. now, if we're playing on the front yes. foot, then he doesn't have to drop so deep, does he? That's because we're absolutely be, be, right. Because we're turning over the ball higher up the pitch, and yeah. and he's he, he's in the areas the, uh, of the pitch where he can do the most damage. He's got a hunger. He's got such hunger. He wants to make it work. Yeah. And if it's not working, he's going to go and get it working. Mm. So yes. But I, I don't, I don't think he's a striker hunting for the ball, which you sometimes see, don't you? When they're starved of uh, possession further up, they go off looking for it. I, I think this is our tactic, uh, you know, and I think I think a, a, a better manager would make better use of him. I mean, as, as a comparison, he had a similar problem with England when Hodgson was there, where he would drop back and he would stop, you know, he'd take corners, but he also drop back and do what he's doing for us. That's because he, he thought, I'm going to pass it to someone like Sterling. I'm going to pass it wherever because they're never going to pass it to me, basically, because they were never doing that for him. And we've got a similar situation. I'm not saying people don't pass to him now, but I think it's more our general setup that makes him then come deep and that kind of thing. Because he's just trying to get something to happen, I think. Absolutely. I think Kane as well this season has really shown. He was always going to, you know, going to be captain material. But I re- I feel like it, it's another level of performance and his um, the, the way he leads. Yeah. He leads from the front. He's just, he is developing into that all-round player we all knew he'd be. Um and him him dropping back like before you know we had Ericsson before that was there yeah. feeding him yeah, as yeah. well he doesn't have that anymore so if you know it's almost like you need another Kane to 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 get the balls that Kane provides from it's all cleverness it's just pure cleverness I think yeah, all yeah. I want is a team of Harry Kanes <laughs> yeah I wouldn't mind so much if there was someone filling his space so if we if you've got rotation and he's dropping deep and and putting it through but it's not that there's just the two of them so when he drops deep there's just there's just Sonny this is where Delhi becomes such an important part of any of those equations when he's on form and when he's, you know, being loved by his boss because he is such an important part I, of creating space and rotations in the, uh, up up top. I don't think he could play in this formation, Steph, because he likes to no, play. No, not all. in this formation. I'm I'm not talking about I'm not talking about this formation. I'm saying. But but what I'm saying is under this manager with Kane dropping deep. You know, Kane is in the positions that Delhi would want to be in. No, we're talking at cross purposes. I think we're both agreeing. Basically, what we're saying is that there is continues to be an over-reliance and thus mismanagement of, of Harry Kane. He's also the top assist. Uh, top of the assist charts this season yes. as well. Yeah, yes. I'd say, I, th- I think this is undoubtedly his best season. So we come out from this game once again, like so many this season, eulogising Harry Kane. Uh, and then, of course, the moment comes, as always seems to uh, in our 
history, especially our recent history, you know, right before, you know, a moment of some magnitude, uh, however you view next week's game, it is a cup final and we should treat it as such and we should be ready to look forward to it and try to win it. And he rolls his ankle. It's an ankle that where I think the ligament is probably a little looser already. So that probably accounts for the roll. You know how bad it looked in the slow motion. I suppose I'm going to put us all in the physio's chair and say, do we think that this is a genuine problem or do we think that Jose is going to use it right up to the kickoff as a willy, won't he? You know, what do we think is going to happen here? with the Harry Kane ankle roll. I think it's fine. He walked he walked out of Goodison without uh, you know crutches or a protective boot or anything like that. Um you know he walked off the pitch. I think he's fine. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't play him against Southampton just as a precaution, but he's starting the cup final. Yeah, I think he'll start the cup final and Mourinho might use it as a bit of a mind game, but I don't think Pep will care to be honest. He's going to be just they're just going to play their game, so <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I think Jose will make He'll make a massive deal about it. Will will he, won't he, you know, and we'll, we'll all be like, everyone else will be, you know, the thing Jose does, which is like make it into this big drama and, and, and you know, like who done it. And then Man, Man City will just roll us over in the final. It won't make a, a blind bit of difference. I, I think Jose will play him regardless. I think you're playing whether he's 80% fit or 100% fit. So I've no doubt that he's going to show up on Sunday. I just hope that he's, uh, I hope he's fully fit. It's as simple as that. So the stats from the game, uh, the XG for Everton, 2.26 uh, for us, 1.48. Everton had 18 shots to our 12. Seven of their shots were on target. Three of ours are on target. The X points, 196 for Everton. 0.8 for us. And the possession stats finally, Everton at 53% and us at 47%. And uh, I do want to say in closing that Goodison Park, I think, is one of the, the, the great grounds in British football to further what you said, Ram, about uh, the two clubs having such you know similarities in many senses. It is, of course, a ground that was built by the, the famous architect of your Archibald Leach. Uh, lots of those stands, Archibald Leach stands. He, uh, Archibald Leach, of course, have built the mighty shelf. Let's just close this off with our positives and negatives. <laughs> so, you know, Ram, three, two, one, go. Positive, Harry Kane. Negative, top four's gone for me. Milo? God, was, there another negative? was there another positive other than Kane? Um, <laughs> we drew. We didn't lose. That's about it. Um, negative. I mean, just... I mean, everything's a negative at the moment, isn't it, really? <laughs> it's just... Okay. okay. <laughs> just Spurs. Right. Spurs are a negative. <laughs> Ricky? Uh, positive is Harry Kane. So negative, it just... Oh, I don't know. just looks like we're kind of in the hospital. And now we're now at the palliative care stage, aren't we, basically, I think. I think the doctors have announced that's all we've got is palliative care. And, you know, whether, what that looks like, I mean, it, 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 is it look like... Jose just seems to sit there staring into the middle distance. Um, Levy sits in the director's box just looking at his phone, Googling, hopefully. I hope he's fucking Googling. Yeah. He better be. Sean Dyche. Um... Release clause. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my, my, my positive, I mean, my positive, I'd have to say that Harry Kane is, is my positive uh, of the same as all of you. But given that you've all said that, I'm going to pick another positive, which is uh, surely this is one game closer to the end of him. Uh, and that's a that's that's a positive for me. Another 94 minutes uh, sat through uh, with, uh, you know, uh, suffering this just complete lack of personality and this anonymous side that we have become in such a short amount of time. Uh, wow, that's beginning to sound a bit as though I'm in a negative. <laughs> that's the problem. Positive and negative right now is becoming one giant rolling ball, isn't it? It's really strange. 
And, you know, I mean, I think the negative does remain the fact that, you know, I'm watching right now and just to see us deflowered of our personality and, our, and you know, who we are and our purpose in such a short amount of time is just still soul destroying. And I've had to take a very detached view of it because it would be very easy to get angry and to be one of the Twitter RD who flares up at players smiling and so on and so forth. But you kind of have to step back and take a more holistic view and realize this too shall pass. You have to, because if you don't, there's a lot to be upset about right now. But that serves nobody any purpose. And that's one thing I hope that everyone listening has figured out about us. You know, we do try and find some levity and other points of discussion in what is going to be a fairly, I think, uh, you know, fairly grim ride into the end of the season until the champagne is popped. So 9.30 uh, GMT has obviously come and gone. Uh, the announcement uh, that was meant to be tethered to this European Super League story that the Times broke earlier today has not really materialised. We have touched on what this European Super League is supposedly going to be all about. We touched on it back in February in our Metal Machine Music podcast. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a moving ball. It's going to keep on gathering details and pace and so on and i for one lose track of where we are with all of this stuff um so i'm going to hand this over to milo who has it down pat and can actually help us all by really giving us a concise breakdown of where we currently sit with this proposed european super league so take it away mate so the time story this morning said that uh what well, five of the so-called big six so spurs arsenal chelsea man united and liverpool um, since then, the Athletic are saying that Man City have also signed up to this, although the Times story said that they hadn't. Along with that, we've got three Spanish sides, which I would assume is Barca, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, and three Italian sides, which I would assume is Juventus, AC Milan and Inter Milan, although I haven't heard the Spanish or Italian sides named. And as of yet, we understand that PSG and German clubs aren't interested, but I would assume that the uh, that the Super League would love to get uh, Bayern Munich, Dortmund and PSG in there because of their money, if nothing else. Um, in terms of the proposals, 30, 15 founder clubs who would be fixed members of the Super League um, and they'd all get an initial uh, grant of, where are we, 310 million, well, between 89 million and 310 million each for infrastructure, so grounds and training facilities and what have you. To give that some comparison, that's compared to 100 million for qualifying for the Champions League. So it's a, it's a pretty hefty sum up front. On top of that, you've got the TV revenue and what have you. Format of it would see two groups of 10 clubs play home and away against each other. And then the top four from each group would go through for two-legged quarterfinals, semifinals and a one-legged final. Currently, the proposal is that games will be played midweek uh, and clubs will still be in the domestic leagues. But I know that when this was floated earlier on, there was a view to having weekend games. So I think there was a view to trying to get Saturday evening games because that's where the maximum TV revenue is, but that's not currently part of the proposals. They're also saying that clubs would have the rights to show four matches a season on their own digital platforms across the world, which is going to be worth a lot. Uh, income from TV and sponsorship would favour the founding clubs. 32.5% of the pot would be shared equally between the 15 clubs and another 13.5% between all Super League clubs, including the five qualifiers. So the plan is is that you would have 15 permanent members and then five qualifiers or invitees per season. 20% of the pot would be merit money. So that's based on where you finish, similar to what we get with the Premier League. And the remaining 15% would be on a commercial share based on club awareness. So that sounds like the big clubs get more money. 
UEFA, the Premier League, uh, the FA, the Royal Spanish Football Federation, La Liga, Italian Football Federation and Liga Serie A have issued the following statement, a statement later on saying clubs concerned will be banned from playing in any other competition, domestic, European or world level and their players would also be denied the opportunity to represent their national teams. Whether they're prepared to actually see through with, with that would be another question. This is a breaking story, a developing story, then it's undoubtedly something that we will come back to in future weeks. But at the moment is unclear as to whether this is brinkmanship to try and force the UEFA to give these clubs more money and more influence within the Champions League because we've got a UEFA announcement tomorrow, which is Monday, uh, around the new format of the Champions League. Yeah, and I think that's that. That's why we mean, you know, just for the listeners, you know, obviously we all have opinions on this, uh, but those opinions can only be informed by the information that we're receiving and seeing as there's still a lot more information to come, we felt it best to, you know, to hold our gunpowder until such a time when there's something a little more concrete and cohesive uh, and definitive out there. So stay tuned because I've no doubt that that is going to happen uh, sooner than later. So let's get back. To, uh, thank you very much, Milo, for that. It was a very concise and, 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 and it is important to have the facts as they stand right now because, you know, as I did just say, these things do change and they will change. So that's where we sit right now. And so thanks for that. So our next game is uh, <laughs> Wednesday, April 23rd, uh, Southampton at home. Uh, you know, we've got our usual questions. What do we expect? Who should we play? Will we rest anyone ahead of the cup final? What do we expect? Well, the same as we've been getting. Who should we play? Well, who knows who he's going to play? Will he, Will we rest anyone ahead of the cup final? Well, of course he will. So there you are. There's your preview. <laughs> Let's move on to the final, shall we? Uh, on Sunday against Manchester City. Joe Roden is cup tied, as we addressed already. You know, City play PSG two days after this uh, final. Is that going to have any impact on who they put out against us? Given the fact that Raheem Sterling is currently second choice to Phil Foden. I'm not sure that their rotation is going to do us any favours, whichever way it goes. But will it have an impact? I don't think it will. I th- I think that, I mean, City have such an incredible squad. And someone sent me their second string in inverted commas, you know, of, of players that haven't played as much as others. And it's still that most of the players would walk into our own team. It is a scary prospect. Is De Bruyne looking injured? Because I saw him go off the other day. Yeah, he is. Yeah. The word is at the moment is he won't make it. I'm hoping as well from, from our point of view, well, hopefully from our point of view, that Rodrigo maybe plays there because Fernandinho does seem to sort of do a better job than Rodrigo. And I think when he's not played in the league games we played against City, that's given us more of a chance. Right now, I think Phil Foden is just in he's just in such fantastic form and got that kind of mercurial excitement about him. And I just fear him. I fear that he can make anything happen whenever he wants at any time. Whereas we have, and this is not to denigrate, I mean, how could you denigrate Raheem Sterling, who's another brilliant player? But I just feel that Jose's able to set up to defend a player like Raheem a little better than someone like Foden. Foden was excellent midweek, wasn't he? Oh, and I mean, I think I have to actually offer up a a little bit of a sort of, uh, not quite egg on face, but apology. And I think Milo, you'll be joining me in this because we both discussed this uh, on other pods. I think I felt that City, uh, I felt Pep was done with City. I felt he'd he'd done his time Mm. and that it was time for him to move on and, you know, and so on. And of course, this is why I am not a football manager. Well, it's one of the many reasons I'm not a football manager, but let's put this near the top is that I completely and utterly blew it because I think that he's having a fantastic season, you know, whatever about that semi-final. He is having a great season. Ultimately, it will be judged on whether he gets past PSG. Let's make no bones about it. That's Manchester City season indeed, probably his. But at this point, you have to say he has rebuilt them 
uh, as a f- probably in their most formidable. I mean, they they look absolutely formidable, and that's without a recognised striker. Breaking news: Statem- oh. statement from the club. <laughs> We can confirm that we've joined 11 other European clubs in agreeing to form a new competition, the European Super League. A joint statement released on behalf of all 12 founding clubs will be, can be viewed below. We shall look to provide further details in due course. We are committed to working with all stakeholders, particularly supporters, as plans for the new competition develop. So this is the statement. Leading European football clubs announced new Super League competition. 12 of Europe's leading football clubs have today come together to announce that they have agreed to establish a new midweek competition, the Super League governed by its founding clubs, AC Milan, Arsenal FC, Atletico de Madrid, Chelsea FC, FC Barcelona, FC International, Milano, Juventus FC, Liverpool FC, Manchester City, Manchester United, Real Madrid, CF, LCF and Tottenham Hotspur have all joined as founding clubs. It is anticipated that a further three clubs will join ahead of the inaugural season, which is intended to commence as soon as practicable. Going forward, the founding clubs look to, uh, forward to holding discussions with UEFA and FIFA to work together in partnership to deliver the best outcomes for the new league and for football as a whole. The formation of the Super League comes at a time when the global pandemic has accelerated the instability in the existing European football economic model. Further, for a number of years, the founding clubs have had the objective of improving the quality and intensity of existing European competitions throughout each season and of creating a format for top clubs and players to compete on a regular basis. The pandemic has shown that a, uh, uh, that a strategic vision and a sustainable commercial approach are required to enhance the value and support and benefit of the entire European football pyramid. In recent months, extensive dialogue has taken place within football stakeholders regarding the future, blah, 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 blah. And then it goes on to explain the format. I think we're going to have to come back at another time and discuss this because it's past my bedtime. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, Milo. We're going to have to pick this up at another time. And indeed, uh, I think that brings us to the end of uh, what has been a, 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 this has been a lot of fun. I mean, considering how grim the season has been, you know, these pods are just getting more and more entertaining uh, for us. I hope they are for you uh, out there <laughs> who's listening. They certainly are for us. So again, guys, I have to say thanks very much indeed. Thanks, Cheers, Milo. Steph. Thanks, Rand. Thanks, Steph. Really good. Uh, we'll be back next week with a full breakdown of said City final. And we might mention the other game that uh, took place as well against Southampton. We'll see what happens. Uh, but in the meantime, if you like what you hear, dig through the archives and you'll find oral treasures to make your drives and dog walks thoroughly fun. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow and say hello. As always, thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next week.